All right, Philippians chapter 1, verse 28. Get your Bibles out. Philippians chapter 1, verse 28. We've been talking about not allowing our emotions to rule. Don't let your emotions drive. Are you out there? No, that really wasn't a reaction moment, but I, you know, we need to help. We need pulses. Do you have a pulse? Are we alive? Do you have emotions? Are you married to someone that has emotions? Look at Philippians 1, 28. And I'm reading this from uh, the uh, Amplified. And do not for a moment be frightened or intimidated in anything by your opponents and adversaries. For such constancy and fearlessness will be clear a clear sign, proof and seal to them, their impending destruction, but a sure token of evidence of your deliverance and salvation, and that from God." Now, I I don't know about you, let that sink in for just a moment because the Lord started speaking to me right when I started reading it again this morning. How many of you have people that try to throw you off target? And the scripture says, this will tell that person, you're not going that way. Sometimes when you're interacting with people, they need to know, hey, I'm not going that direction. And you might as well stop your talking or stop that kind of fussing at me. Sometimes we have circumstances that are trying to take you in a different direction. And what I feel like this scripture is saying is that when those things are trying to drag you the wrong way, by not allowing these things to have control, you're telling that situation, you're not in control of me. Anybody let their situations control them? You're making a stand. Learning to act according to God's word is so much better than reacting emotionally to circumstances. And I will tell you, it's not easy, but it's possible. God would not give us the scripture if he was not willing to equip us to handle it. Do you hear me, church? You say, Pastor, you have no idea what I'm going through. No, I don't, but God does. And God will equip you to get through those things the right way. We're going to look at four different areas um, that God instructs us on how to get through some situations. And it's, it's so important that we learn to, to be honest with ourselves and to really look at our emotions. Because if we can remain constant during the ever-changing tides of life and the unwanted circumstances that life brings... God is on the hook to provide for us and to help us get through those things. But we must hold on because everything changes except God. How many of you need a constant? How many of you need something firm to stand on? Knowing that no matter what, what I'm standing on will stay. God's the only one. Not you, not your spouse, not your job, not the economy, not the president. No one but God. Everything changes except God. People change. Circumstances change. Our bodies change. Our desires and our passions change. One certainty in life is change. And we don't mind change when we invite it, when it's our idea. I love to change when, I've got, when it's my idea and when I want to. 
But I hate to change when somebody tries to force it on me or tries to do it without me knowing or I don't understand why. I don't like it. I resist it. And I feel like I'm pretty decent with change, except when I'm not. Can you agree? I'll give you a story about John. Worked for an investment company for 32 years, and he was sure he would retire from that company. But without warning, the company decided to sell to a larger firm, and they didn't want to keep all the employees, so he lost his job. He feels that he wasn't treated fairly when he was let go. So now what? John has a choice to make. He can either react emotionally by getting upset, stressed out, anxious, angry, and worried, feeling, feeling and saying a lot of negative things, or he can act on God's word and trust God to be his vindicator and his source of supply for every need. Now, it's totally understandable to have emotions. Emotions are not the enemy. I have emotions. God is emotional. He's moved with compassion. He has wrath. He has happiness. He has joy. He has concern. We do too. But it's so important that we don't let those emotion, emotions make our decisions. We must make our decisions on what is firm and solid. And can I, can I define that? True. Make our decisions based on what is true. So as this, as this man that we see that just had this situation happen, when this emotions occur, do those emotions or that anger dissipate right away? When you have, when you have the rug pulled out from under you, does your emotions go away quickly? No, in fact, they go the opposite direction. They build. But if John truly gives his care over to God, his feelings will begin to calm down and he can be confident that God is at work in his life. And I want to show you that this morning. Most changes take place without our permission. But, listen church, we can choose to adapt. Has uh, your work ever changed the way that they do things and you either could take a different job or you could adapt? They really didn't give you much option? What do you do? Well, you can quit your job. You have that control, or you can adapt. But if we refuse to make the transition in our minds and our attitudes, then I believe that we're making such a huge mistake. Look, look, at, this, uh, look at this statement. Our refusal to adapt to change, refusal to adapt doesn't change the circumstances. Did I put up the wrong thing? Liz, will you help me out? Our refusal to adapt doesn't change our, the circumstances, but it does steal our peace and joy. Our refusal to adapt doesn't cause the circumstance to change. Do you catch that? We may think that we can change it. If I throw a big enough fit, and do you know what that's called? Manipulation. When I start to try to control things that I'm not supposed to be in control of, and I won't come under where the direction I'm supposed to go in, but I want to so make a statement that I hope that they make a change, I want you to know Scripture refers to that as witchcraft. That's bad on me, not bad on the people trying to do change, bad on me. 
But what happens is when I don't adapt and when I just continue to struggle and kind of work against the system, it steals my peace and my joy. Romans chapter 12, verse 16. Romans chapter 12, verse 16. Readily adjust yourself to people, things, and give yourself to humble tasks. Never underestimate, overestimate yourself or be wise in your own conceits. That's not one of those scriptures you hear repeated a lot. Man, are y'all out there? Readily adjust yourselves to people and to things. No, I'm usually thinking, you need to adjust to me. And give yourself to humble tasks. That does not come natural. Never overestimate yourself. Don't think too highly of yourself or be wise in your own conceits. I'm telling you, church, that's a good scripture. Last week, we talked about the different personalities that we encounter in life. Do you remember? My wife's a really emotional, big talker. I don't show emotion as much, and I don't talk as much. Not wrong, just different. We're opposite. And man, I can, I can wall myself up and put up lots of barriers and trap myself. But today we're discussing adapting to changing circumstances that we can't do anything about. Look at this. Our thoughts. Okay, Liz, I give up. Our thoughts directly affect our emotions. Our thoughts. Now you would say, no, my circumstances affect my emotions. That's not true. It's our thoughts through those circumstances that affect our emotions. So can you see that if we can get a hold of our thoughts, we can get a hold of our emotions. We can't change circumstances from happening. How many of you know is the second you leave here, something's going to happen. Somebody's going to pull out in front of you or cut you off or take your parking space. You want to see the dumbest fights ever is somebody steal a parking space. And it is. I'm almost willing to park the car and go get out and pull this person out of the car. And I'm not that kind of person. Until the right button is pushed. And you didn't even know that that person existed in you until you get hit there. Have you ever had a, have you ever had a situation where you said something to your spouse and you don't even know where it came from? And you can't take it back. Do you know what would have stopped that? you getting a hold of your thoughts. Our thoughts directly affect our emotions. I want to encourage you. When you find yourself beginning to get overly emotional and really it's starting to get to anger or maybe to bitterness or just frustration, I want to encourage you to try to do one thing. Try confessing God's word over you. Uh, Ron Nelson, our, uh, he played uh, auxiliary percussion this morning. He plays uh, the main kit on two, two times a month. He's one of our deacons. Um, but Ron was praying this morning, and I just lost my train of thought, uh, about no weapon formed against us would prosper. And he didn't finish the scripture, but no tongue that rises up against us, uh, any tongue that rises up against us would be defeated. Now, so many times when things are said over me or things feel like that they are starting to get some weapons are being formed against me, there is scripture for me to fight. God gives me his word to fight my battles. 
The problem is I usually don't use those, I use mine. And they're bad. And they're hurtful and they can't be taken back. And even though people forgive me and we're able to walk through, you don't forget things. You, you may think, yeah, God, yeah, you, you kind of can, but no, you really can't. Some of the worst fights I've ever had with my wife, I've forgiven her and we've moved on. But if the right button's pushed, I remember it like it was yesterday. That's how Satan works. Hey, I know you've kind of gotten over that, but don't you remember this really did kind of happen and it really was real and she was a jerk. And I, she's not here. She was a jerk and I don't like, I'm, I'm kidding. I, I honestly, she is just, she's awesome. She had to just go to leave to visit her dad because our schedules are so messed up and her dad is incredibly sick. Um, so I can talk about her uh, while she's not here. And I can go edit the podcast so we don't hear this part. So yeah. But our emotions cause us to, to, to go in the wrong direction. So when someone does something, I can respond with, okay, that feels like they're trying to hurt me. That's not wrong. I feel that. Someone's trying to hurt me. I feel like someone's trying to hurt me. My emotions and my thoughts are telling me this, but God, your word says, no weapon formed against me will prosper. No word, that, any word that rises up against me will be defeated. Now, you may say, pastor, I don't believe that at all. That's okay. Say it anyway. There is power in the word of God. Whether you're on board with it or not, say it. What will happen is your ears will hear it, your faith will grow, and you'll begin to believe it. And when your belief kicks in, then the, the, the Lord himself can move for you. He's waiting on our belief. Because of your belief, you are healed. Because of your faith, you are healed. So when I speak it, even though I may not even believe it, to be honest with you, what I believe is the person's trying to hurt me. That's what I believe. The person has hurt me in the past. So I'm in, in belief that this person's trying to hurt me, but I return that. It's like playing tennis. Someone hits a ball at me, and I return the ball speaking God's word. Church, are you alive? Because that is a good word. You don't return it with your word. You return it with his word. I think that playing tennis is a great analogy because balls get hit at you. And we must return them appropriately. My dad was a big ping pong player and he was so about using form because if you don't use the right form, you don't return it correctly. You don't return it right that it has topspin that the other person can't get it back. And he was so adamant about the way that he taught and I can still see him do it. Follow through, use, pull, uh, whatever. You know, I kind of need a sozo from it, but um, yeah. Think about this. Think about what is disappointment? What is disappointment? I'm going to give you a couple examples. I believe that it is when our plans are thwarted by something that we don't have control over. Right? Things change and we didn't have any control over it. We didn't choose it. We can, be up, we can be disappointed by circumstances or we can be disappointed by people who let us down. We may even feel disappointed by God expecting him to do something that he didn't do. There are even times when we are disappointed in ourselves. No one gets everything that they want all the time, regardless of how they look. 
And we've got to learn how to deal with disappointment. When we're disappointed, our emotions initially sink, and then sometimes they flare up in anger. And sometimes some time goes by when we have thoroughly expressed our anger, we may even feel these sinking emotions again. And what happens then is we start to go down and negative and discouraged all the way to being depressed. The next time you are dis- disappointed, pay attention to the activity of your emotions. And instead of letting them take the lead, make a decision to manage them. I'm going to say this over and over and over and over. If you have the Lord, you have the gift, the fruit of the Holy Spirit. You have one, one fruit, which is self-control. You can control yourself. It may take a lot of learning. It may take a lot of submitting to the Word of God. It may take getting around different people. But you can control yourself. And you can take your thoughts captive. Those thoughts that are driving you the wrong direction, you can take your thoughts captive. I've just reread a book called The Power of Habit. It's just so astounding to me. It's so interesting to me. The power that habits have over you, and sometimes we do them without even thinking. And they're so hard to break, but they can be broken. Why? Because God has given us the power over our thoughts and over our emotions. So I want to give you a phrase to pick up. Instead of disappoint, instead of being disappointed, how about you get reappointed? Things happen, I get disappointed. Now I have an opportunity to let, let that disappointment run and just go. Or I can be reappointed. Imagine you have a doctor's appointment this week. And the doctor has an emergency or whatever, and he can't meet with you this week. What do you do? You reschedule. We had an appointment. It changed out of my control. What have we, done? What have we learned is that stuff happens. So on these things that seem basic, let's just make a, make a new appointment. So when disappointment comes, I want you to consider reappointment. Get reappointed. Look at uh, Proverbs chapter 16, verse 9. It says, A man plans his way, but the Lord directs his his steps and makes them sure. A man plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps and makes them sure. The next scripture, uh, Proverbs 20, verse 24. Man's steps are ordered by the Lord. How then can a man understand his way. So I am preaching to the choir here. I cannot stand for my schedule to be changed unless I change it. If I change it, it's fine. But if circumstances or people change my schedule, I have a hard time being okay with it. Um, If we went back to the scripture a few times before, it's basically I'm more important and I'm the opposite of humble and I'm overestimating myself. I mean, I'm, I'm defining what the Lord is saying to not do when my schedule gets changed. And you know what's normally happening? How can I look at this? It's not you affecting my schedule. The Lord is directing my steps. 
So could we possibly think that that schedule change, God might be involved? He is involved, but I never think of God when you mess up my schedule. Never. I think I hate you. I don't hate you. I'm kidding. That's harsh. I don't want you to change my schedule. My schedule's more important to me than you are. That's really what I'm saying. My schedule's more important than you are. So what do we do? Going down the road, Rita, Rita today is Rita's uh, birthday. Ooh, yay. We sing on Wednesday night, so maybe we'll sing this Wednesday night. I'm not going to sing this morning. Um, but Rita and I went to a concert this, uh, two nights ago, and of course there was traffic. And I left incredibly early. Plenty of time to get there. In fact, I was going to get us there so early, that, and it was raining, we were going to have to find something to do. I didn't want to do that. I don't want to, I, I plan and I like us to get there and have a good time. And we got in traffic and I can't take it. I didn't tell her this, but I'm like. And I finally told her, I said, look, we're so early. It doesn't matter. I'm not thinking that at all. I'm thinking, I hate this. People got to get out of my, I'm really not kidding. And sure enough, we got there so early and it was raining and our concert was still later. And I'm like, I don't know what to do. There's no shops around 2nd Avenue we want to go in. It's raining. We can't go to the concert yet because we'd look like an idiot sitting in our seat an hour before. But don't mess with my schedule, even if it needs to be messed up so we can show up on time. That was me. The schedule needed to be messed up so I could show up on time. But I couldn't take it. So how do we deal with that? When I'm going down the road, when I'm going through my life and things start to get stressful and 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 more than I can take, I can approach it by saying, okay, God, you're directing my steps. I believe you are with me. All the songs we sang this morning is about how God is with us and he can move our mountains. He never leaves us. He's faithful. So is he faithful during my schedule change? Is he faithful during my circumstances being horrendous? Or, or does he lose his faithfulness during those times and expect us to somehow tread water until we can get through it. No, he's faithful all the time. So how do I handle that? God, you're faithful. I trust you. And I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to surrender right here and be patient. Everybody say patient. Who likes to be patient? No one. I don't want to have to be patient. But patience, that's a gift from the Lord. When I can say, Father God, I trust that you're in this. I don't understand how we're going to make it. My whole being inside me wants to scream, but I trust you. A man's steps are ordered by the Lord. I'm trusting you to order my steps. Have you ever taken a different route home and thought, did the Lord just protect me from something? Is God protecting me by slowing the traffic down to keep me from overspeeding, or maybe He just caused me to avoid a avoid something? What's important is that you just say, "I trust you, God." I still don't want to sit in the traffic. I don't want to be stuck here. I've worked hard on my planning, but God, I trust you. I've worked hard. I've done the stuff. Now, if you've just been lazy and you've just showed up late, 
part of that's on you. But when you've worked hard and you're right there ready to go and you've done your work and you've got your prepared and you've done everything that you know to do, okay, things are out of control now. It's out of my control. God, I trust you. Maybe in this moment, Rita and I can connect in a different way. Maybe we can have a conversation that we wouldn't have had if we'd gotten there sooner. Or what are you trying to say, God? What are you trying to tell me in this time of pause? Because I don't want to pause. Reappoint. Reappoint. James chapter, four, chapter one, 1, verse 4 says, Let endurance and steadfastness and patience have full play and do a thorough work so that you may be perfectly and fully developed, lacking nothing. Can you see what can come out of patience? Us lacking nothing. Does anybody catch that? I'm going to stop there. Because you're going through something, Scripture will tell you, you are the beneficiary of what you're about to walk through, if you'll walk through it with God. Let endurance and steadfastness and patience have full play and do a thorough work so that you may be people perfectly and fully developed with no defects, lacking nothing. Endurance. Uh, Ruth Ann, this last month, taught me a ab workout, and I did it one day, and I thought I was going to die the next morning. It hurt so bad. I couldn't lay down in the bed. I couldn't roll over. And I'm laying there in bed thinking, oh, Ruth Ann, oh, doggone you, what'd you do? And, just... and I love Ruth Ann, but not with the way my belly feels right now. I don't like you at all. So I had two options. How many of you know when you get sore, it takes a few days to wear it off? It doesn't, just have, it doesn't go away the next day. So I got up the next morning, and I did it again. And buddy, it really hurt. And then I did it again. And then I did it again. And now I can do it without it hurting. Now I'm able to start to receive the benefits without the pain. That's something here that we see the pain and we just immediately want to quit and we want to fuss. But the Lord said, no, 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 no. Let's push through. What you're going through in your marriage is worth pushing through. What you're going through in your job, what you're going through with your finances, sowing good seeds, sowing uh, tithing and, and, and living a life according to God's word. God says, okay, I know this hurts at first, but keep doing it. Do you trust me? Keep doing it. No weapon formed against you will prosper. And no word that rises up against you, any word that rises up against you will be defeated. Church, do you hear me? God's a God of breakthrough. God's a God of overcoming. Your emotions do not get to drive. Who gets to drive? The Lord. He directs the steps. He's guiding you. He's got your path. Let the Lord drive. y'all stand up with me I'm going to pray for you we're going to go fill boxes you're going to sign up for uh, bell ringing and we're going to make some great impact this holiday season you are going to make great impact over people as uh, Bruce and Sarah Sarah said being the church loving people 
overcoming circumstances, enduring and having patience. You have the gift of self-control. It's time to start um, receiving that gift and exercising that gift. I can control my mouth, not without the Lord, but I can. Father God, I just pray right now for everyone that's here. You may be here today just ready to break. The Lord is here for you. I just want to encourage you to confess his word. It says all that cry out to the Lord, all that call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. And you may be, may be that person right at the edge of the cliff and need to be saved. Would you cry out to him? Would you turn your heart to him? Would you ask him to be Lord of your life? It says for... It says that anyone that confesses the Lord Jesus and believes in his heart that he was raised from the dead will be saved. Will you confess him? It says, for God so loved the world that he gave. And he gave you Jesus. And that anyone that calls upon him will be saved the circumstances that you're in, God is faithful. Turn to Him. The emotions and the things that you're going through that seem to be controlling your life, give those to the Lord. He can help you control your emotions and to endure. Father God, I just pray for breakthrough over our church. I just pray for the the, um, patience and the endurance to keep going, to keep asking, to keep seeking, to keep knocking, and that, God, you'd give us breakthrough. Father God, right now I pray for the kids at Avery Trace that they would have food. Father God, I pray for the people at the rescue mission that they would have a bed to sleep in and hot meals to eat, but also that they would receive um, the spiritual knowledge that they need, that you would equip the rescue mission with mentors, with teachers, God, that you would just meet their need. Just thank you, Lord. Father God, we're just going to worship you with one last song to just bless you. And God, just give us a great week this week.